everybody, and welcome to another episode of Too Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we haven't seen. I'm Bradley. Based on nothing but their weird description, I'm Albert. You paused. <laughs> I did pause, and you know, there's a chill in the air, Brantley, and it's definitely because you've been running your air conditioner at an unreasonably low temperature, but we're going to pretend it's because Christmas! 66 is not an unreasonably 64, low temperature. 64, sir! That's what it got down to. That's not what it's running at. Uh-huh. Wait, you haven't said it's 66, but it's running to 64? It'll run no it sense. down there, and then it'll, like, stop cooling as oh, much. Oh, because it's smart. That makes sense. My AC actually does that too. Anyway, we're going to do some Christmas stuff. Brantley, what Christmas movies do you have for us at this joyous time of year? Well, first we have two front teeth. As in all I want for Christmas is my... Yes. Two front teeth. This is from 2006, so hopefully they got them. But... This is an insane song. I don't, I'm just going to circle around to the song and mention that, like... The fact that you can just say you want a thing for Christmas and write a song about it, even if it's stupid, we're really hurting for Christmas songs. We're not, though. We're hurting for Halloween songs. Yeah, we are, I guess. Get on that. I tried to make a Halloween playlist. I have, like, three covers of four different songs. Tell me about this movie. Okay. It's the night before Christmas, and Gabe Snow... A tabloid writer haunted by the ghost of Christmas past... Oh, no... Man, I was, Which I was about curious. to say, like, two front teeth, you know, maybe there's a potential for this to be, like, a vampire thing, or, like, zombies, <laughs> like, the two front teeth are biting somebody, but not, I, I have less hope for that now that you've read some of this first sentence. Okay, so he's investigating a Yuletide conspiracy. Alright. <laughs> Game knows that Flight 1225... Was brought down one foggy Christmas Eve by a flying creature with a glowing nose. So, <laughs> okay. Well, wait, there, maybe there is hope for some terrible, funness, terrible yeah. funness. Now, a blood-sucking vampire, Santa Claus, has put Gabe on his list and unleashed the demonic fury of the North Pole. You let me get out on this ledge all by myself and then you started chopping. I'm on this branch... <laughs> And you've got the saw? It is a vampire thing. An army of zombie elves who have no interest in toys or pointy hats or dentistry. Which is a fun little additive there. I guess. Well, what's fun is it's a reference to the Rube Goldberg. Or not Rube Goldberg. Uh, Rankin Bass. Thank you. I was um, about to say Hanna-Barbera. No, also wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the elf there, he wants to be a dentist. But also the movie's called Two Front Teeth, so dentistry. Oh! It's almost clever. It it's is, not really, yeah, but it's almost. I wasn't clever enough to see how it was almost clever, yeah. so I have to take a, <laughs> take a hit. Anyways, they're about to turn Gabe's white Christmas blood red, which is also a Christmas color, so they're still on theme. Good for them. I don't know if I like this... I, 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 uh, there's a side of me that enjoys the schlocky idea mm -hmm. of our Santas, like the, the elves are evil. Like Santa's sleigh where Santa's actually a demon. I haven't seen that one. Uh, he's played by a wrestler and he had to be good because he was defeated in a curling match by an angel, <laughs> which is apparently if they make bets on like any game, it's like serious. So it's like a thousand years of him being good and he's, his time has just run out. So now he's just murdering a small town. I guess my point, my problem with it is that it seems like it's a symptom of our cynicism as a culture mm -hmm. like nothing can be good and pure and nice it's all there has to be some evil underbelly somewhere 
Santa's part of the swamp. Drain the North Pole. I would like to point out just how much this the person writing this was having a blast okay. with this description. Because next, will Gabe find the true meaning of Christmas? Can he stake a heart that's two sizes too small? What will he find under his tree? I like the two sizes too small reference. Yeah. Like with the stake and the Very low-key... Or semi-low-key. I was going to say, it's on the nose, but, like, bringing in the vampire mythology yeah. to that was, that was a neat little Also, that'd be play. hilarious if that was literal. Like, his size, it's really small, so he just keeps missing. I could see that being fun. My question is here, like, what's the story? So Gabe is... He's trying to take he's down... He's an investigator. Like, this is... They have zombies and, like, vampires eventually, but at least some of this is a mystery. So, yeah, no, he, um... So there's the mystery of the flight that was brought down by a flying creature with a glowing nose. Right, which is obviously Santa and Rudolph and the reindeer and all that. Yeah. So what's the setup here? Like, so Santa exists. That's more like, was he, is he just recently a vampire? Right. Which is what happened. There was the, what was that? Was it Tales of Christmas or we, we did this one last year and I ended up seeing it where it was an anthology film. Where Santa's elves turn into zombies. Right, right, and it's uh, William Shatner as a radio DJ. He's the radio DJ. Was that good, by the way? It was. Okay. Some of the stories were kind of duddish, but it was, like, fun, mm -hmm. and the effects were neat, and, the like, the way the whole story wrapped up was pretty cool. So I liked that one quite a bit, but, uh, you know, you, you got where it was coming from. I'm curious if, like, this crashing into the plane is happening because Santa's in the middle of whatever vampire transformation he's going through or if like it's... he's being attacked while on the thing right or if it's this just... also if not it implies that the reindeer are also evil or that Santa's driving poorly <laughs> like they they would have avoided like maybe they're just animals I mean they are yeah that's true they they just magically fly but in this iteration but they probably don't have that much restraint there's probably a reindeer eating somebody at some point that's fun it is kind of fun. Yes. All right. So that's all we have for that one. Okay. Next up is the Magic Christmas Tree from 1964. I uh, proceed with caution. I may have seen this one. Ooh, fun. Three boys are walking home from school on the afternoon of Halloween. Okay. <laughs> on the way home. Christmassy. I mean, Halloween's closer to Christmas than you feel like it should be. It's... It's right there. I mean, it's, it's like not two even two months away. It's, yeah, I mean, it's close to two months, but it's not even. On the way home, one boy, Mark, agrees to help a strange old woman to get her cat Lucifer out of a tree. She's a Disney fan. I'm. Hmm. The cat and, and uh, Cinderella's name is named Lucifer. No, I got that. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if I knew the exact one, but I, I knew what reference you mm -hmm. were kind of making. I was just curious about like this movie probably isn't doing a reference to Cinderella. That movie hadn't come out in 1960, had it? Or had it? It came out in the 50s. Okay, I'm dumb. So maybe that is They a kind reference. of all run together. You can I mean, tell by do. the quality, it's not the sketchy style that started in the 70s when uh, Walt started getting sick. Right, but then you get back to, like, Aladdin and the... That's the Disney Renaissance like that started the again. With Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid started at the very end of the 80s. Right. So from Little Mermaid was 90s. But anyway... They, they they work as a piece until all of a sudden animation from with computers comes in and wrecks everything, and makes it also makes it awesome. But I missed that art form. Yep. Uh, so Lucifer, not confirmed if they're referencing Snow White or if they're implying there's a demon. Yep. Mark climbs the tree but falls and is knocked unconscious. Good job. And Mark. then the rest of the movie is a dream. <laughs> 
When Mart wakes up, he discovers that the old woman is really a witch. And because the rest of the movie is a dream. The witch gives Mark a magic ring and tells him that if he plants the seeds inside a magic tree, will grow. There's some weird Jack and the Beanstalk vibes from this. Yeah? But without selling a cow, he just had to get a concussion. His name is Jack, though. Mark. Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Different names. <laughs> On Thanksgiving, Mark performs the magic spell that the witch had taught him, so he waited for a good while before he's like, yeah, I guess I can plant these. Well, it, you know, he had Thanksgiving break. Like, maybe he has a lot of homework. He's busy in school. He just had that one night where he was, like, out doing trick-or-treating or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in, he's like, well, back to the old homework grindstone. Gotta learn calculus in fifth grade. <laughs> and, you know, now he's he's off for that whole week of Thanksgiving. He's, uh, you know, he's read the book report for Christmas. And he's like, well, I guess I'm caught up enough. Maybe I'll do an experiment for my own edification. And he plants <laughs> these beans. Or seeds. There you go. So he plants, uh, he does a spell, and a magic evergreen tree grows overnight in the backyard. Some of this seems familiar, but I don't. There's like a scene of the de- the thing is I've watched a lot of movies with riff tracks uh-huh. on Pluto, and so I'll just turn them on, and it'll be like part of the movie playing. There's a scene where a dad is trying to mow the yard, and then like he runs into the tree, comically because it wasn't there, and he doesn't able to see. <laughs> You know, like people do in, in in movies where they can't see anything that's not on frame. Yep. I, we're going to pretend like I haven't seen this movie, though, apparently. Okay. Because I haven't seen enough of it to know a lot of these details. Also, Christmas. So we've been the rules. Ching, 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 ching. That's the, the bells. The, the jingle bells, bells yeah. yeah. Mark's father tries to cut down the tree, but to no avail. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Later, on Christmas Eve, the magic tree comes to life and grants Mark three wishes. It's a genie tree now. This is so bizarre (laughs) that he's got, like, it's a magic tree. Mark doesn't do it. Like, there's no struggle here. Mark just is like, well, I've got these. I guess he did the one good deed where he helped the cat out. So that's He didn't, though. He fell out of the tree and conked his hand. The wish was like, well, you tried to help. Oh, he didn't even get the... I forgot. He didn't even... He may have got the cat. I don't know. If he did, then he dropped the cat on the way down. Maybe he cushioned the cat with his body, and the witch is like, uh... It technically counts. Don't sue me! Here's the magic bean! <laughs> It'll grow into a tree or whatever. <laughs> Alright, so the boy first wishes for one hour of absolute power, which he promptly abuses, because he's a child, and yes, they would. Yes, but... Not in a way that would be awesome or fun because you know this it's just him movie being a has a five dollar budget. Yeah. And he's just like, I get lots of candy or whatever. <laughs> Which also I, I will respect the only one hour unless the treat's like I can only do it for an hour. Okay. I was gonna say, like, that's almost asking for more wishes, essentially. Mm-hmm. If you have absolute power, then like what's the point of using any more of your wishes? Just use your absolute power to well, do whatever I you mean, want. Unless it goes back after the hour. If That's, it's reverted, yeah. it's like you like you can destroy the planet, I guess, but it will go back to being normal and everybody's going to know about it. So don't do that, you jerk. Mark's second wish is to have Santa Claus all to himself. Like as a slave? Or is he just like, Santa, Whoa, yeah. you belong to me now. I assumed that he was just being a huge jerk in the way that like, I get all the presidents. don't get toys? Yeah, and he gets all the presidents. Presidents. <laughs> That's what you said, man. Look. <laughs> it's late in the day. It's late uh, in the day. My tongue doesn't work. I had to go do car stuff. Oh, no. Well, you can tell me about that later. Uh, but so, 
the like slave Santa is almost worse. I think I can't tell which is worse. Either like taking I mean, if all he gets of the all kids. The president, uh, I keep saying presidents. Jeez, all the presents. Uh, he's just a greedy jerk. But if he owns a person, that's worse. I think I'm gonna go with slavery worse than greed. That's the moral stance I'm taking today. How much like how much greed cancels out slavery though? Like if you steal everybody's money all over the world well, then you devalu- and nobody has anything is that worse than I mean, one if murder? if you take all the money like the guy who does XKCD actually did this if you take all the money then you have devalued all that money and we'll just do a different cu- currency system it's just gonna break things for a while until we figure it out yeah that's fair uh, which is like that's something a kid wouldn't consider he's like I will have all the money and then it was like cool you have a bunch of paper that's in different currencies so it doesn't work that way <laughs> And where are you going to store this paper? <laughs> just this house gets crushed. I buy a warehouse. Just Who like do you give the money the to Scrooge, to buy it? All the Scrooge money bins just appear above and just drop on him. I want I want this kid's movie. I want the movie where the tree's like, okay, you have all the money. Where does it go? Uh, just like teaching him just, like logistics and economics. <laughs> just now what? <laughs> when Mark sees the unhappiness his selfishness causes... However, he uses his third wish to return Santa Claus to the children of the world. The third wish is always the one that undoes all the other wishes. On Christmas Day, Mark wakes up and realizes the entire adventure was all a dream. Boys, called! I called it! Although, he, he... Was he in a coma? From Halloween until Christmas? Uh, apparently, because he wakes up on Christmas Day and he got knocked out on Halloween. Or, was getting knocked out also part of the dream? Or was any of it a dream? And there was a moral lesson by the witch. Yeah, for maybe reasons. Because he was doing a nice thing. And now she's like, moral lesson. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, that's another good point. He starts out as a good person. It's not like Thor where you establish him as kind of a jerk. And then he goes through a journey. At least within the context of the description. He's helping people out. He's mm-hmm. sacrificing. He's doing good stuff. He does and- two. I mean, he gets three wishes. And he abuses the first two, which he is a child. Yes. I know most adults who would abuse a witch. A w- wish. And and the other thing, too. I'm going to learn how to talk at the end of this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, okay, so that's all we have for that. All right. Next up, we have Dead of Night from 1945. What? Really? Yes. From 1945, and they were doing a movie called Dead of Night. Because when you say Dead of Night, in the context of Christmas, I'm thinking of, okay, another one of these like weird Santa's evil or something Black type movies. Christmas? Black Christmas, something like that. Uh, you know, and, and then it's one of these standard schlocky type Santa's elves are evil somehow mm-hmm. plots. But then you say 1945, and I'm like, well, they didn't hate the world in 1945, mostly. Like, there wasn't that sort of rampant cynicism. So now I'm curious about what this is going to be. Architect Walter Craig wakes up after a terrible nightmare about a kid getting a tree. It was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Which leads his wife to suggest to him that he spend a weekend in the country. Man, I wish my wife would suggest that to me. You're remarkably close to living in the country already. I guess that's fair. (laughs) I'm not dealing with smog and like overcrowding. Except in my personal house, which has many people in it. Children. Yes, small people. <laughs> Craig has been invited by Elliot Foley to his country home in Kent to consult on some renovations. Yeah, oh, he's that's taking, taking work with him. Yeah, he's a workaholic. It's the stress that's causing the nightmares, but you know. 
Upon arrival at the cottage, he reveals to Foley and his assembled guest that I guess the guy just brought around to help advise on renovations. <laughs> I'm going to renovate my house. Also, let's everybody come over. We'll have a mixer. Was, uh, he reveals to Foley and the assembled ghost that despite never, having never met any of them, he has seen them all in a recurring dream. He appears to have no prior personal, prior personal knowledge of them, but he's able to predict spontaneous events in the house before they unfold. Okay. He has the future sight. So this is this the dream that he's been having, do you think? Uh, he says he knows them for the recurring dream, so I'm assuming. Okay. Unless he has like recurring dreams of people he has met, and then also he can see the future on the DL. Well, so I'm imagining, so I, I'm going to fill in a potential blank that maybe I shouldn't fill in, but I'm going to okay. assume that what's going on here is like, it's not just the one nightmare. Like he's continually having these dreams about these people he's never seen and bad things happening to him. And his wife's like, Hey, take a break. And then like in the course of taking a break, he actually meets the people. He's like, Oh no, this is not, <laughs> this is not the break that I wanted. Craig partially recalls with some dismay that something awful will later occur and becomes increasingly disturbed. Dr. Van Straten, a German accidental psychologist. I like that they've clarified, like, he's probably not actually German. <laughs> this is 1945. It's not a great accent, but it's there and we'll acknowledge it. Okay. Tries to persuade Craig that his fears are unfounded. I mean, reasonable yeah. reaction and also because movie, probably not. Yeah, no. Like, the way it's going to go. Nobody's ever. That's always so weird in movies where it's like, we as the audience understand that this person's speaking the truth when we're talking about, like, giant murder lizards or whatever. But if somebody ran up to you and said, like, I saw a giant murder lizard, you'd be like, no, you didn't, dude. You're either screwing with me or you're crazy or you're on the drugs. It's kind of like, well, so craziness either happens where the person has no clue that it's happening mm -hmm. in a movie or people say they're crazy and then they, like, in the end, the person they said was crazy turns out to be correct. There's never an instance, well, I don't say never, but it seems like you never see a movie where the person's like, I saw this thing, and everybody says, you're crazy, and then they turn out to be crazy. Because, granted, that'd be a terrible story. Uh, I think there's some, like, psychological horror things that do that. Isn't the whole point of psychological horror that, like, you don't the know reveal is that? I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you're telling people right up front, well, you're seeing stuff that's not real. So, I, I guess if but it's a question... you don't know if it's real. If it's a question, like, uh, what's this, the second Psycho movie does that? You ever see Psycho 2? Nope. Where he's getting, like, phone calls from his mother, who has died in the first movie. Spoilers for Psycho. <laughs> but... Spoilers for the big reveal of Psycho. Yes, well, yeah, she's been dead all along. So there's this person calling him up saying, Norman, this is your mother. You've been doing wrong. And he's like freaking out about it. Because now at this in Psycho 2, he's like been reformed. But then it turns out that it's somebody who's actually messing with him and trying to get him to crack mm -hmm. and turn into the Psycho again. So I guess you could do it that way. Okay. That's more gaslighting, though. Right. But within the context of the movie, you don't know until yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the other guests attempt to test Craig's foresight and set him at ease. I mean, that's cool. It's like, did you ever dream about the lottery? I'm going to go <laughs> buy a lottery ticket, and you dream about whether I win or not. All right, so the other to while entertaining each other with various tales of uncanny or supernatural events that they experienced or were told about. Oh, no. So they know about the supernatural? Most of them have, ex some of them have experienced it, but they're like, nah, you can't see the future, dude. 
I mean, I don't want to say every, I, like, I don't know that I have any supernatural stories, but if you were in a group of like 20 people, somebody would be like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Like I was just, I was in the house by myself and I saw somebody and they were gone. Like it freaked me out. I don't necessarily care much about ghosts. I mean, my grandma told me what, that she saw a UFO. Like that was it. She didn't have like any bigger story about it. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, we were just out at the church one day and there was like a weird thing flying, like a flying saucer. It floated for a little bit and then he flew away. And that's, that's, that's the whole story. <laughs> It's like, I don't think my grandma was lying. <laughs> it seems like a weird gambit to, to pull of like, I'm going to trick my grandchildren into believing in UFOs. <laughs> I mean, you also tell your kids that there's a needle tooth monster living in the walls. Well, not anymore. Oh. No, because they now have the trauma is deeply green. They come into my room and try to pee on my computer. <laughs> it was, AJ does this, like he can't, he did this with the TV as well. Like, he gets confused, like, he's half sleepwalking, but he mm. needs to get up and pee, so he's, like, sort of, like, stumbling around, and he just, like, finds a spot that his brain tells him is the toilet, and he's just, like, it's not, but he's still pulling down his pants and whipping it out, getting ready to go, and my, like, last week, my wife was like, no, do not, this is your father's office, <laughs> go to the actual bathroom, it's because of the monster in the walls. Ah. So you did this to yourself. <laughs> Kinda. They also watched a lot of Hello Neighbor and Baldi's Basics videos, so. Okay. Is that it? No. Uh, oh, okay. Anyways. So yeah, they tell you about the super adventure experience you were told about. These include a racing car driver's premonition of a fatal bus crash announced by a mysterious man who says, Just room for one inside, sir. A ghostly encounter during a children's Christmas party, which is a tale cut from the initial US release, because you can't have ghosts at Christmas. Cough. You absolutely can. That's like the most famous Christmas story ever beyond Jesus is a ghost story. Yes. A haunted antique mirror. Ooh. Oh, for a second I thought you said antique mirror. I was like, what kind of antics is a mirror? I realized. Well, have you, you seen Oculus? Words today. Have you seen the movie Oculus? A lighthearted tale of two obsessed golfers. Because we needed some uh, levity in this. Obsessed? Obsessed. Like, that's, they're just, what are they obsessed with? I don't know, but one, fit one of them becomes haunted by the other's ghost. All right. <laughs> I guess they're arguing over who has the better golf game. And then, But then one of the them grave. is a ghost, so, like, you would think that would improve things. Because he has, like, the ectoplasm on his side or whatever now. Or now he can't swing a club. Or that. One of those. And the story of an unbalanced ventriloquist who believes his amoral dummy is truly alive. Yeah. The, f the framing story is then capped by a twist ending in which Craig murders one of the guests, which I had not seen coming so far, so good for you, then escapes into a feverish montage of scenes and characters from the house guest tales. At the climax, the dummy Hugo is strangling him when Craig suddenly wakes up at home from the rammer to the sound of a phone ringing. The phone calls from Elliot Foley, inviting him to his country home to consult on some renovations. As the end credits roll, Craig is again driving up to Foley's cottage, exactly as in the film's opening. Ah, oh, I love this. <laughs> this is the ending to a seminal story from my childhood. Uh, I, 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 I'm not 800 years old, but the story was a radio drama from the 40s called The House in Cypress Canyon, mm -hmm. which has exactly this plot. It's about this guy who is trying to buy a house 
he goes to the realtor. The realtor gives him a, like a box with this. He's like, we found this box with this story in it. And you know, he like the most of the radio play or no, I'm sorry. The, the, somebody gives the box to the realtor about like this guy, um, talking about like what his name and the, like the ordeal that he's gone through and you get all the way to the end and the guy's like, wow, that was a crazy story. And then like in walks the character from the story. Right. right. And he's like, hi, my name is James A. Wood. This is my wife, Ellen. Uh, and the guy's like, and, but, and he says his line again from the beginning, but he's like, you know, unsh- like, wait, wait a minute. And then the movie, like the story ends. Mm-hmm. That's a great twist. <laughs> no, no the, it was all a dream thing. Not as good, but well, I love I mean, the montage. The recurring dream part is part of it from the beginning. Right. So he's having the dream it's about dream telling people within, that he's had the dream. Like, it's it's all compact. There's also the fact that he's sort of now encountering the characters from their stories, mm-hmm. I think is what you're saying happens. Yeah, the montage of characters and events from them. That sounds amazing. I am... It might not be, because I've never even heard of this movie. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's been forgotten for a reason, but I love the idea of this sort of just exploding dreamscape happening mm-hmm. in the end of this movie. In 1945, no less. Do you think it's black and white? Probably. I want to see this now. Of the, all the movies uh, we've talked about, I color didn't. See this. When was uh, well, color was around, but it was very, very expensive. Yeah, like Wizard of Oz was in the. 30s I yeah, want to say like, 1939 38 or 39 yeah um so color existed but like that's why like the universal monster movies are so black and white until like late 50s it's expensive yeah e- even into the 60s there was still quite then, a bit um, of the low budget stuff happening on uh, even when color when coloring became commonplace it didn't look great that's true it depending that, on the color technology used uh or the budget like because the you know wizard of Oz looks fine looks right great uh, but then, like, you know, you have, like, early 70s stuff where it's just, like, it's just kind of a blur. Well, a lot of that is aesthetics and lighting. And it's like, yeah, that's, there's some color I mean, there's there still some movies that are like that. Like, why is everything brown? Because Did you shoot brown. this in the Fallout New Vegas engine? I'm so glad we're past the real is brown era of video games. Great, great game. Needs a filter so that you can play it with colors. That's called mods. I have them. They're delightful. Is that it? Is that all of our Christmas movies for this week? Yep. All right. Well, that'll do it then. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you are having a great Christmas season. Curling up by the fireplace, listening to some great Christmas tunes. There will be no white Christmas for us as we live in Florida. And it is it has gotten chilly some of these nights, though, so that's been nice. It's 70 degrees today, though. Right now it is. Recovered. It'll get down in the 40s probably tonight, and that's that's okay. That's delightful. It's been good been good for my runs in the morning i get a little bit chilly get down to 27 like two weeks ago that was awesome that was cold that was a good run i had like beanie cap on multiple layers don't have any gloves so my fingers were like numb i exercise brantley yeah you do i'm gonna put that out there (laughs) hey ladies this man runs around the block in the morning he's also married so no yes also hey ladies i'm married and i have six kids in my house what up (laughs) we'll see you next time merry christmas bye guys